Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome. Good morning, church. Good to see each of you. Uh, thank you for being here. I want to say welcome to those joining us online. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of our church. Uh, you are our church, and thank you for being a part of the church. I'm uh, grateful that you've joined us, grateful that you're in the house today, uh, grateful for moisture that we got uh, and more coming, amen? So uh, grateful for that. So we're in a, um, a little series, I say, I say it's a little series, it's four weeks. We're gonna do it a little different. Uh, it's called Give Us a Year, um, and you've kind of seen the banners out front, there's a little handout cards, uh, invite cards that we've got as well. And so we have taken four words uh, that we are asking the church to give us a year, the best they've got in these four areas. And our promise to you is that we'll give you everything that we've got to help you win and help you succeed in these areas. But we believe that you partnered with God, you partnered with us, we partnered with God together that God will knock your socks off. He'll blow your sandals off in these four areas if you'll give him your best this year. And so what we're gonna do is you're gonna hear from four of the pastors in this series. Uh, I will lead off today. Then you're gonna hear from Tommy. Then you're gonna hear from Cade. And you're gonna get to hear from Paxton. Paxton is gonna teach on worship. Very few worship pastors ever get a chance to teach on worship. And I think that's a shame. Worship pastors have a great heart for worship now to be able to teach on worship. And so you're gonna get to hear from Paxton. Uh, You may think, I didn't know Paxton could preach. (laughs) He can preach, right? He can preach. He can bring it, don't worry. So you be here. That's the last of the series. Uh, He'll do that. Uh, he'll, He'll be speaking on that particular day. So give us a year. Today is give or giving. And, and I know when I say the word giving, and I know you're located in church, for some of you, just immediately, you sunk. <laughs> you went, oh, the dreaded money talk at church. All right? Because I do know this. Unfortunately, churches have hurt people in this area. There are some people today that are, that are, uh, that are wounded from money at the church. You saw stuff, you heard stuff, you realized stuff, uh, you got beat up with money and, and, and it has become a yoke on you that is very heavy. And if you're here today or joining us online, I'm gonna pray that God will lift that yoke today and set you free. Because I'm gonna say something to you. Money should not be a weapon a church beats on anybody. It shouldn't be beat up. You shouldn't be beat up by money. Money comes from the Father. Every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven above. He has showered us with money, trusted us with it to be good stewards of it. All right, that includes the church. All right, that's why we uh, are very transparent with our church. 
I mean, last week I gave a state of church address and I showed you a bunch of stuff. We try to be very transparent. Our elders are eyes on it, our finances eyes on it. All right, we, we, we are open book in this area. We're not doing anything funky with it. We are blessed to be a church that sits on 9.2 acres and everything's paid for. We're debt-free, all buildings, and we believe that we've honored God with it and God's gonna continue to honor us with the money. And so we don't use money and we don't do the money talk when we don't have money and go, y'all need to give if you love Jesus, all right? I don't, you love Jesus, all right? And just because you give is, doesn't mean that that's why you love Jesus, okay? It's an aspect of it, but you, don't, you can't demonstrate that, okay? So we don't, I don't wanna beat you up, I mean, I wanted to set you free. So today I'm gonna walk you through giving, all right? And I hope if this has been a yoke around your neck from a church perspective that's been heavy for you and been a burden for you or it's, or it's robbed you to a certain extent, I pray you're set free today from that. So do you remember uh, your first experience with giving at church? Do you remember? Could have been when you were a kid. I have two really uh, kind of experiences for me. I remember uh, being a little boy, uh, I, I was the oldest of three children, and I remember if, if, if you grew up, I, I grew up Baptist, and Baptists were all about envelopes. Oh my God, couldn't do anything without envelope. Amen. I mean, envelope for everything. You bring your Bible, check. Do you have a friend, check. Did you bring him to church, check. Did you, I mean, it's just check everything, man. And and so I remember, remember my mom and dad. It, my dad was slick as a boy. We had slick hair. That's probably why I cut it all off. I was just tired of somebody combing my hair all the time. But boy, we used to slick our head up. Boy, our hair would be all slicked tight and right, boy, when we walked out. Family of five, boy. We were the poster child for Old Mills Directory, boy. And we were going to church. Y'all remember those? We, I mean, that's what we did. And so we looked good. And, and dad would hand us our envelopes. And the colors, I have no idea why these colors. Light blue, mint green, and pink. What? You don't put a pink envelope in a 10-year-old boy's hand and take it to church. That's just wrong, all right? Wrong. It should be maroon and black gray, camo, get a camo envelope. That's what we need at church, some camo envelopes. But, but I remember that. And so remember the pews had the pencils in the back of them. And so before the offering, our church did in the middle, have a special, and then you had the offering. And I remember taking my envelope and the two quarters and I'd take the pencils and I'd just color those things. I just remember, I'm sure there's a deacon with some, like, just get all over him, boy. He's like, them kids with them pencils, you know? But I would make color faces. I'd make smiley faces. In Halloween, I'd make a pumpkin, and I'd do, I'd put them on top of each other and make snowmen. I mean, I just have, I mean, the Holy Spirit just landed on me at church. I was just so locked in, boy. I mean, I, I was just playing with it. And I just remember dad giving me the envelopes, giving Brian the envelope, my sister Jane the envelope, and we just went to, went to church. But then I had an experience, that was as a kid, that was with my family. But remember that experience that you had in giving when it was you, when God became God, when he became your God, when he just rocked your world? So I was a sophomore in college, I was going to Emmanuel Baptist Church in Marshall, Texas. That's where I was playing my college ball in, in, at East Texas Baptist University. And, and I, I was one of those baseball boys that got up, went to church, Rare, all right? But I, I went to church, and I remember sitting in church and getting to be about the offering time, and I had a checkbook, and this was back in the mid-90s, mid and I was getting ready to write my check, and, and my tithe, my check, and I would give the Lord was $10 a week. <laughs> I was living large, boy. So I was gonna write a $10 check, but I saw right above it that my checkbook balance was 1159 11.59, okay, so if I write a $10 check to church and there's no meal on the college campus on Sunday night, 
I can't even eat at Taco Bell for $1.59. I was in trouble. And so I was trying to figure out how with God, I was negotiating this out a little better, financing this out with God. I said, God, how about five bucks this week and I'll do 15 next week. And he said, commitment's 10, Jeff, 10, 10. My name is provider, 10. My name is provider. And so I wrote that check. I think God finished the check because I didn't want to write it. And I signed it. Here comes the plate. And, and I, put that, I put that check in there and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I was like, what did I just do? And so I went back to the college, I went back to the campus, I went upstairs, went to eat. And I had checked the mail. I hadn't checked my mailbox at all Friday and Saturday. And, and the mailbox is below the cafeteria. So when I got done eating my chicken fried steak and gravy, green beans, rose and salad, because that's staple item at a Baptist campus on Sunday, all right? So I went downstairs, opened my mailbox, and I got a bunch of junk out, you know, like credit cards for college kids. That's, oh boy. And you get them all the time, junk mail. And I was flipping through it, flipping through it, and, I, and there was an envelope. And I was looking at the top of the envelope, it said, First Baptist Church, smack over Arkansas. I was like, smack over Arkansas? First Baptist Church? And I didn't make that up. There really is a town called Smack Over, Arkansas. You look that up. It's just smack right over there. I mean, you just look it right up. You just look it up. And so what it was was I remembered it clicked. I sat down and I remember it clicked to me. Back in the summer, I was in Arkansas in El Dorado, and I was working, and I spoke at a church in Smack Over, Arkansas, First Baptist Church. I spoke to the youth, and they were going to give me $25 <laughs> to speak to the youth. So, heck, yeah, 25 bucks. So I went and spoke, and the, the financial secretary at the time was out for vacation that week, so they didn't give me a check. They, the pastor said, I, I, I put it in the mail to you, I, I promise. I was like, all right. So, man, I forgot all about it. This is October. And this check came, and there was an envelope in there, that envelope, and then a letter, and it said, uh, Jeff, sorry that we forgot to pay you from back in June, so we doubled the amount. God bless you. I was like, praise the Lord. God is so good. I had 50 bucks. 50 bucks to a college kid is like, woo, that's big time. So I was looking at my guy. I was like, man, it's like 10 or 15 minutes before the business office closed. I took off over there, endorsed it, signed that check over. She cashed it, two 20s and a 10. I was like, man, how do you praise Jesus? You go to K-Bob Steakhouse that night and eat a ribeye. So I went and ate a ribeye in Jesus' name because God is a provider, amen? I mean, and that stuck with me. And all through college, when we first got married, we didn't make no money. I mean, I was like nothing as a youth pastor back then. But we kept tithing. Melissa didn't work, and we just kept tithing, kept giving, and God just continued to be a provider. You see, Jesus is, man, he's a healer. But listen to me, church, he's a provider. Man, he's good. He's just good. And he always honors, he always honors his word, always honors his word. So let me give you some, some words you hear in church a lot. These are kind of church words. And I think a lot of people hear these words in church and they don't know what they mean. They just kind of all think they mean the same thing, but they don't. You hear the word offering, you hear the word giving, and you hear the word tithing. Three words kind of connected to money in the giving time. And, 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 and if you don't know any different, they haven't been taught, you think, oh, they all mean the same. But they don't all mean the same. They all mean different, Okay. So let me help you with it real quickly. So offering and offering is above and beyond the tithe, okay? And offering's above and beyond the tithe, okay? And we'll talk about the tithe in just a little bit. So, so after you tithe, tithe is 10%, uh, 10% of your income, okay? All right, now people say, well, is that the net or the gross? 
Depends on how you wanna be blessed. Right? You, you figure that out at home, all right? <laughs> Just did that in, okay? But, but you figure that out. So, so after 10%, after the tithe is an offering. That's above and beyond the tithe, okay? That's over the top. Love offering, uh, Christmas gift for families, Thanksgiving meal for a family, uh, ministries beyond the walls of our church. We give the, a lot of great ministries in our church already, so your tithe does some of that. Okay, there's about 20, 25 of those, um, and they're beautiful. I love them. They're precious to me, and we love giving to them. So, but, but above and beyond your tithe, you can give an offering. Uh, we give the manger offering here as a church. That's above and beyond the tithe. So anything above and beyond the tithe is an offering. Some people are givers, okay? Some people call givers tippers, <laughs> all right? You tipping God, all right? Like, here's a five, here's a 10, here's a 20. Oh, good week, 40, all right? But, but you don't even rhyme a reason for it. You just kind of just dump it in there. I mean, you don't, there's not a plan, there's not a purpose, you haven't, you haven't really asked God about it. You just kind of feel like, well, I better give something, all right? And that's kind of giving. There's nothing wrong with that. Many people start as givers, become tithers, okay? But, but, but offerings above and beyond the tithe, giving's just anything under the tithe, okay? And then a tithe is 10% of, of your income. And so they don't mean the same thing. They're all different, but they're all associated with money. So tithe, what's a tithe, Pastor? Well, tithe is a biblical principle that must be taught. Listen to me. It is a biblical principle that must be taught. You have to teach on tithing. You have to. It is real popular today for people to say, don't teach on tithing. It's too offensive. La, 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 la. I'm sorry. If you love your church as a senior pastor and you care about the people that God has called you to shepherd, you better teach the Bible to your church. And the Bible is about tithing and tithing is a biblical principle that must be taught. Many people say, well, pastor, it's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. We're in the grace, la, 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 la. I'm sorry. Don't cut this in half. It's the Bible or it's nothing. This is not a half and half deal. This is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the word of God, the infallible and errant word of God. Do the word. New, old, old, new, doesn't matter, cover to cover, do the word. You do the word, you'll be blessed. You get under the word, you'll be blessed. Don't pick and choose what is right and feels good and is warm and fuzzy and teach it to the church. Teach the Bible. Teach the Bible. And the Bible is a book that is about tithing. Jesus is the subject of the Bible, and giving is the verb of the Bible. God so loved us that he did what? He gave, all right? His only son, all right? Biblical principle must be taught. So last Sunday, I did State of the Church, a lot of numbers, a lot of stuff. So let me go back over tithing, giving. I want to give the number just to kind of, kind of put it in perspective. So tithing, giving for you, for 21 as a church, we gave 1456693 That's just in tithing, giving. The manger offering last year was 270590 If you put those two numbers together, that's 1727283 283. That's what you as a church body, family, gave, all right? Tithes, offerings, giving, everything total in 21. 
Now, who gave that? 356 giving units. A giving unit is like a family or an individual that gives to the church. 356 of those. Those are up a lot from last year, the year before, but, but I want them to continue to grow, continue to increase, and that's part of the goal of give us a year. So the tithe is a biblical principle that must be taught. So where in the Bible is it, preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked Malachi 3, if you'll go there. Malachi, I'm gonna help you with that, is the last book in the Old Testament. If you go to Matthew, just flip over a little bit and you'll be there, all right? Malachi 3. Go to Malachi 3, look at verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. We'll get back there in a little bit. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and your wines in your fields will not cast their fruits, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be the delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. That is a biblical principle that must be taught. Amen. So verse six says this, I, the Lord, do not change. I love that. I love what he says there because I'm gonna tell you something. That is 110% true. The Lord does not change. He is a healer regardless if he chooses to heal here or heal in heaven. He is a provider every single time. He can't help but be a provider. When I do my part, he guarantees me he'll do his part. If I draw near to him, he will draw near to me. If I will honor him with my first fruits, he says, Jeff, I'm gonna tell you, I'll open up windows of heaven and pull them down. Same for the church, same for us as individuals. I, the Lord, do not change. If you listen to me, that right there ought to give you as much confidence as a giver as anything else as a tither, as a person trying to start this principle or this discipline in their life, man, right off the bat, he says, listen to me. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's, you're unknown. You don't know. Just step with me in faith. I'm honoring faith. I'll honor it, but I won't change. I am who I say I am. The economy doesn't change me. Gas prices don't change me. Grocery doesn't change me. White House doesn't change me. Nobody changes who he is. He is the one Lord, one God, almighty. His name is Jesus, and he won't change. And he can go to the bank on that, my friend, I'm telling you. Verse seven says this, but you ask, how do we return? He says, in tithes and offerings. Listen to me. When you don't when you're not giving and tithing to the Lord, you have kind of, in a way, pulled back from him. You turned your back. You've isolated yourself. Because listen, you can say with your lips, 
He's one thing, but your feet speak a better name. What your feet follow and do is what you really believe. If he is your provider, if he is worthy, if he can be trusted, if he is a great God, if he is faithful, then let your feet show it. Let your feet show it. Don't, don't give me this. Jesus said, listen, I hear your lips. I hear them all the time. But listen to me. Your heart's far from me. Your lips are yapping, yapping, yapping. Zip them and put your feet walking behind your words. Model that principle. Verse eight says, will a man rob God? That's an interesting question. I mean, I guarantee in any Sunday school class in America, you say, should we rob God? No, don't rob God. I mean, a picture of a gun holding God up at a convenience store or something. I mean, you don't rob God, but he says, you rob me when you rob from me your tithes and offerings. That's how you rob God. But you ask, how do we rob in tithes and offerings? The tithe, listen to me, church, tithe is not your money. They got real quiet. The tithe is not your money. Tithe is not my money. Melissa and I tithe. My brother said one time, you pay your own salary? Dude, <laughs> Lord help, I don't have enough time in a day to work through all that. <laughs> he, he said, you ought to subtract that from your, I mean, you should add that to your salary. I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. I don't, <laughs> you have to tithe, man. I mean, tithing's not a church principle, it's a Bible principle, it's a biblical principle, all right? So the tithe is not yours. It's not yours, it's not mine. Don't spend it on something else. You buy a four-wheeler with your tithe, I can promise you that four-wheeler is gonna crash. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You messing with God's moolah, I'm just telling you. I used to tell students in my, student, my youth group all the time, they say, man, I need a brand new truck, and I, I wish my dad would understand that. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. If you need a, if you need a truck, your dad's gonna understand that, all right? And he's gonna get that. But if you get a truck, you better pile all your lost friends in that truck and get them to church so they get saved. Because otherwise, you're gonna wrap that truck around a tree, all right? You gotta, if you want something and God blesses you and provides, you honor God with it, all right? Listen, the tithe is the Lord's. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Don't just give it where you want it. I'll say more about that in a little bit. Verse nine says, you're under a curse. Verse nine says, if, if, when you're not bringing your tithes and offering, you're under a curse. Can I say something to you? As your pastor, I am under a curse if I don't teach a biblical principle called tithing. I promise you. I, I'm under a curse if I don't do it as, as husband and wife, Melissa and I, but I'm also under a curse, and I put the church under a curse to a stint. If I, as a senior pastor, do not bring the biblical teachings of tithing to the church, promise you. You've got to teach that as a pastor. You've got to teach it as a church. And it's got to be something that's taught a lot of the church. It's got to be forefront of the church. Uh, you're under a curse if you don't do it. Verse 10, first part of it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That's an interesting phrase. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Here's the question. What is the storehouse? 
Where is the storehouse? The storehouse is your church family, your church home. It's where you as a husband and wife and kids come and you are, this is my church. This, I'm a part of this church. This is my church home. This is my storehouse. This is where your tithe comes, all right? This is where it comes. If this is your church home, you take your tithe to the storehouse. You say, preacher, you're just trying to get more money. Nope, nope, I'm teaching biblical principle. I didn't write this. Jesus said, my house, my church, the church is a storehouse. If this is your storehouse, you bring tithes and offerings to your storehouse. If it's not your storehouse, all right, you wanna go somewhere else with it, go somewhere else with it. But if this is the place where you are fed as an individual, fed as a couple, your children are fed, they're taught the word, they give their life to Christ, you give your life to Christ, you learn to worship, you learn to tithe, you learn to do missions, you learn to serve, this is where you're invested in kingdom work, this is where you're getting fed every day, all right? If this is your home, this is where the storehouse is. It's where the storehouse is. The storehouse can't feed because there is no seed. That's a shame. When the storehouse can't feed because there is no seed, that's a shame. Because the storehouse should never be low on seed. Because the people should bring the tithe and offering to the storehouse so the storehouse in return can go out and feed. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom is advanced. We can meet needs, we can do missions, we can bless people, we can do things that we do. We can see people give their life to Christ, we can do camps, vacation Bible schools, men's retreats, women's retreats, marriage retreats, you name it. We can do it because the church brought the tithes and offering to the storehouse. Now the storehouse has seed to go out and what? Feed. And then it grows and produces a fruit more than we can ever think or imagine because that's our God. He does it over and above than we can ever think or imagine. So why did God, I get this question often, why did God implement tithing? Why did God implement tithing? You might say for the kingdom, for God's kingdom. Answer, no doubt. Maybe to build the church, yes. Tithe helped build the church, to pay the pastors. Amen, pastors, amen, all right? Yeah, you do all of that. But why did God really implement tithing? Did he do it just for those reasons? No. Here's why he really did it. He implemented tithing for me, for you, for us. Why? Because he knows us. He knows us. He knows us. He knows if we don't honor him with our tithes and our offerings, we don't put our first fruits out there, we will be selfish with our money and we'll hoard it and keep it to ourselves. He says, I'm telling you right now, I know what you're gonna do with it, so I am making a biblical principle that if you will honor me with 10%, I'll do more than 90% that you could ever do with 100%. But you gotta implement the principle in your house. Matthew 6, 24 says this, no one, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one, he'll love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. He knows us, amen, he knows us. Matthew 6, says this, 
but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If you will honor me with first fruits, if you will make the main thing the main thing, if you will make me first, if you will not give lip service but foot service, if you will absolutely walk out the principle of tithing, you better get your, you better get your rubber boots on because I'm about to send a flood. I'm gonna shower down from heaven floods of blessing on your life. Is you as a mom, you as a dad, you as a family, you as a couple, I mean, sit down and purposely, intentionally, on point, like a laser, say, God, what do you want us to give? Give us the number, give it to us, and get your kids involved too. And this is what we're gonna do as a family. And you stay lasered up, because I'm gonna tell you something. When you do that, when you give and you laser up and you stay focused, God's gonna open heaven and bless you. Bless you, man. He'll bless you in relationships. He'll bless you in health. I mean, washing machines just last longer. Ice makers just keep on chunking it out, amen. Somehow, that battery, it just keeps on going. And God loved that alternator. I can't believe it turns over, but it does. Turns over every time. God just extends the life of those who give life. I said that quick, and I hope it landed. God will extend life to things when you give life. And when you bring your tithes and offerings, blessings from Father, mm, you, didn't, you didn't earn it, he gave it, trusted you with it. When you give it to him, first fruits, to his storehouse, woo, he takes that seed, mm, life, life everywhere. So I get this a lot too. Hey, preacher, why'd he do a percentage? Why'd he do a percentage? Why'd he just do a number like 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000? Well, let's just say he did 40,000 and you make 30,000. <laughs> you up a creek. You ain't gonna be able to get there, all right? You can't get there. But you know why he did a percentage? Because everybody can do it. Everybody. You make $15 an hour, you know what? You add that up in a week, two weeks, a month, you can do 10% off that. You can do a percentage off of that. You make 27,000, 57,000, 87,000, 107,000, 407, all right? Doesn't matter. You can do a percentage off of that. So God put the principle of tithing in and he put a percentage in as a 10th so he could include everybody in the kingdom work. And everybody can get in on the floodgate. Everybody can get on the showers of blessing coming from heaven because the provider wants to provide and show off for you. You can all do it. Malachi 3.10, again, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse mm. that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. God says this, test me in this. Only where in scripture you're gonna see that. I could, right now, we could just stop and do popcorn testimonies of people that could stand and say, Pastor, when we started tithing, mm, oh man, let me tell you what God did. 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 Let me tell you what God continues to do. Test me. See if he's not a provider. See if he's not faithful. See if you can't trust him. See if he never changes. Amen.
Matthew 16, 15 says this. But what about you, Jesus said? Who do you say I am? <laughs> Who do you say I am? Hey, Jeff, think you so bad? What's your tithe say about me? Mm. What's your giving say about me? Who do you say that I am? You call him provider? Show me. Tell me about it. He faithful? Tell me about it. Show that. Not with your lips, but with your feet. The rest of Malachi 10. And see, I love this, and see if I will not throw open floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Mm. When I read it, I'm like, bring it. Bring it. Listen, he is doing that as a church to us as a corporate church. He's doing that to us as a church individually. I see family after family after family get in on being a part of the giving team, being a part of giving, being a part of tithing, and God just blessing their family, man. Family stopped me after the first service and said, Pastor, I could have been one of those testimonies. I could have been a testimony. I could have been a testimony. I could have been a testimony. I love one guy. He said, I got beat up in church for years about money, and I didn't want to give. I didn't give for like 11 years. Started giving two years ago here. Changed my life, man. Changed my life. Faith honors God, and God honors faith. He does. I want to say something to you, and then we're going to close. The tithe is 10%. Many pastors say, if you don't do 10, just don't do nothing. I'm not that guy. I tell young couples I'm marrying, this is part of my premarital counseling to them is tithing. I tell them, listen to me. I know you strap with student debt. I know you strap with other stuff. I get that. I get that raising a family right now and having a baby and getting married and doing life is expensive. I get that. But I'm gonna say something to you, couples. You figure out a number. If it's 5%, honor God. Do 5%. Never miss. 6%, do it. 7 do it. 8 do it. You pay off some college debt, you pay off some other debt, you take that money that was on that debt and you slap it on that 5% or that 6% and it grows to 8 and you pay off some more debt, stupid debt, some of it, and you put it on that tithe and you let that tithe grow. Never let stupid debt keep you from being a tither or a giver, all right? Learn the discipline of tithing gotta give you wisdom in your finances and you won't keep making those stupid mistakes every time. But start somewhere getting in on a discipline of being a giver all right, and grow into a tither. Once you grow into a tither, then become an offering giving machine. You keep tithing and keep your eyes open. And eat at a restaurant and see a young family over there struggling, them boys ain't stayed in their chairs for three seconds of that meal. There's more food on the floor than on the table. And bless that waitress that gotta clean that table. So you bless the waitress and you go get the ticket for that family. Why? Because that's an offering. You see a ministry in town, ministry around that you want to bless, you over and above bless them. Why? Because God's been faithful, God's been good, God's a provider, he doesn't change, and I'm gonna continue to honor him with that. I'm gonna tell you, everybody can do a percentage. You find yours, lock in as a husband and wife, as a family, laser up and do it. And every year, let God grow it. Every year, until you become a tither. And then once you become a tither, 
Don't, don't put a stick in your yard, a campaign banner or whatever. Just start get, being, being, just give offerings, just above and beyond. Just bless people, man. Bless families at Christmas. Bless them everywhere. You are a beautiful giving church, and I want more of you guys to become a part of the giving team. It's fun when you win. It's fun. It's fun. So jump in to a transparent, open church that takes money that we are trusted with. We have good people overseeing it, and we honor God with it. And that's why we operate the way we do. It's why God's blessed us. We know there's next for us. We wait with anticipation of what that is. And when God says go, we're gonna go. So join the giving team. Give us the best year you've got. As a husband, as a wife, as a family, sit down and say, this year, we're gonna take the word giving and we're gonna give God the best we got. We're gonna block in. We're not gonna just tip God this year. We're gonna bless God, give him a percentage. We're gonna try to do it, and we're gonna lock in and do it. We're gonna give him the best we got and see what God does. I'm gonna invite you to stay in church. Worship team comes out. If you're on the ministry team, if you'd come as well. Uh, Altars open, open. Here's what I wanna say to you. Giving and tithing should be freeing, man, freeing. Telling you, knock your sandals off the way he wants to bless you. So I want you as a husband, a wife, a family to commit to being a part of that. Give God the best you got. Give him a year, man. You give him a year, and I promise you, promise you, he'll rock your world in giving. He'll do more than you could ever think or imagine. So at this time, as we pray, if you, as we worship, if you just want to come to the altar as a husband and wife, as a family, and say, God, we're committing. We've never done this. It scares us to death. We don't even know if we can do it. Doesn't make sense on paper, but we're going we're gonna to believe you. Do it, and you'll be blessed. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for all those who are joining us online, for those in the house. God, I pray that, that money, giving, tithing, uh, God, if it's a yoke, a heavy yoke. I pray, Father, you lift it off people, God. Give freedom, God, in this area. Freedom in this area. And God, I pray that everyone to sound of my voice will say, God, I'm gonna give you the best year of my life in this area. I'm gonna be a giver and a tither in 22. And I'm trusting you, God. You're faithful. You're my provider. And we're gonna step out in faith. And I know you're gonna honor it, God. And we're gonna be that for you. So God, I pray that you will speak over these families, speak over these couples, speak over uh, the individuals in this house, God, and online. God, that they give you the best in this area, God. And we wait how you're gonna open heaven and pour out blessings from heaven on us as a church, on us as families, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. As we worship, if you need to come, you come, church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 